Hello, welcome to our bonus episode of American PSYOP. I am your co-host, Emily Bix, along with Wesley Clark Jr. And today, joining us is Dr. Steve Hassan, who's a mental health professional and an expert in cults. He has helped thousands of individuals and families recover from undue influence. He's written several books on cult deprogramming and founded the website freedomofmind.com. He also hosts a podcast called The Influence Continuum, which, like American PSYOP, is hosted on the Midas Touch Network. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Hassan. You know, Wes, I listened to American PSYOP, buddy, and my heart went out to you uh, because uh, I had a version of that personally, and I've worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people who've had other versions uh, although not in a political context like Standing Rock, and obviously you have a famous father, uh, so you were an extra target. But my heart went out to you, so I, I welcome this opportunity to interact with you directly, uh, just to to talk about the the common features of mind control and brainwashing, how it happens, and also you know how to heal and how to learn how to trust again and to reality test in a way that that works. But in fact, I do think you were a subject of undue influence, uh, frankly. Steve, my understanding is before you became a cult deprogrammer, you yourself had been pulled into a cult. Could you give our audience a little understanding of your background? So essentially, when I was 19 years old in 1974, uh, I was deceptively recruited by a front group of a Korean fascist cult known as the Moon Organization or the Moonies. Uh, right after my girlfriend dumped me and three women came and flirted with me at Queens College. Uh, and they said they were students and they weren't. But it, be, it began a rabbit hole uh, recruitment where, uh, within a few weeks, I was believing Moon was the Messiah, that I was chosen to save the world, that World War III was going to happen in 1977. I dropped out of college, quit my job, donated my bank account, and I, um, I became a, a fascist. I came to believe that democracy was satanic and that we had to infiltrate the government and and create a theocracy to rule the world. Uh, and in my story, basically two and a half years of fanaticism, I nearly died in a van crash due to sleep uh, deprivation and was in a hospital for several weeks, which I got lured to my sisters. There was a deprogramming intervention and I was sure I wasn't brainwashed and I wasn't in a cult. I thought the communists had brainwashed the, my family to be against the group. And when I learned about Chinese communist brainwashing and my deprogramming with former Moonies, the lights started to turn on again. And I realized that my mind had been hacked, at which point I cried. I was ashamed. I was confused. I was embarrassed. And I wanted to understand what happened to me because I was an extra honor student who wrote poetry um, and I was asked to throw out my poetry, by the way, in the very beginning to demonstrate my loyalty. Anyway, here I am 47 years later, uh, you know, helping people understand hypnosis and brainwashing and mind control. And I was asked to write The Cult of Trump for, by Simon & Schuster. And I described 
it as a cult that Trump was a malignant narcissist, that there are in fact authoritarian cults that comprise the cult of Trump. Now, much of your focus is on cult mind control. Could you give the audience a brief overview of your bite model of authoritarian control? The bite model of authoritarian control is essentially looking at behavioral control variables like controlling the environment, sleep, food, clothing, rigid rules and regulations. There's a list of them. It's on my website, freedomofmind.com or in my books. Uh, the goal of behavior control is obedience and dependency. So, uh, Wes, I just, my heart goes out to you when I was listening to your story. Um, oh my goodness. And I've been there myself believing all kinds of really crazy stuff, including believing that I was getting messages from God and I could read people's minds and, you know, attributing spiritual forces of great import to save the planet. Uh, all of those things I can directly, you know, identify with and relate to. And, um, you were really targeted and victimized by professional psychological warfare professionals. And um, I'm glad that you've come out of the rabbit hole, buddy. It's uh, it, it was uh, I mean, I, I don't feel like I was targeted or sucked in as deeply as as you might have been when you were younger, just because right. you're in it for a number of years and and they kind of took over every part of your life. I was brainwashed into thinking, you know, I was on a mission from God and I felt like, you know, I'd been in this, uh, put in this kind of framework, uh, you know, end times mindset. And I was thinking, this is all a test. Like everything that's happened to me is a test. So this person wanted me to make money off this or do some kind of sketchy thing. It's like, no, I'm not going to fail that test. Because, you know, I was of the belief that, you know, the the apocalypse was going to happen, except all these people trying to bring it about, the kind of grifters that were around me, they were, um, were going to be really surprised by the outcome. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, well, I'm the real thing. I haven't, I haven't done all these things they've done. Right. And so I, I kept that kind of part of myself still there. And my brain throughout this whole thing, it was operating on like multiple tracks. Like there was, there was this track in my brain. That's like, Enoch, I got to get all this stuff done. I got to get everything ready for the end of time. And this other part of me that was like, dude, there's Russians everywhere. Uh, you know, they're, they're trying to get me to do stuff. So I was, I was simultaneously kind of thinking on a couple different levels. And that was, you know, difficult when you're doing that for months. And so they didn't, uh -huh. they didn't quite pull me all the way in. Yeah. And they didn't kill you. Fortunately, I feel like they tried to kill me. Yes. Uh, that, that seems evident. Dr. Hassan. Um, I know that you're turned from normal you to Mon Mooney cult follower, Steve Hassan, uh, like Wes's turn. It took about two weeks and during a period, um, you weren't sleeping very much. And having heard Wes's story, um, can you talk about that and other similarities of what happens? Good, good point. Absolutely. So 
to be fully functioning, the human mind needs seven to nine hours of sleep. There are some people on the bell-shaped curve who need more. There's a few who need less. But if you're sleep deprived, and I think in your story, Wes, you were, you said you were a celiac and so you weren't eating healthily and with proteins and, and other things like that, that's going to make you more susceptible to manipulation. It just, it just is, uh, we are embodied minds. We are, our, our bodies are very important <laughs> in terms of our mental functioning. And that's part of my whole bite model analysis of brainwashing. It's controlling behavior, of course, controlling information, thoughts, and emotions to make someone dependent and obedient on the authority figure or the ideology. So if you're controlling the environment, you're controlling sleep, you're controlling clothing, you're controlling food. All of these things can add up to a recipe that makes one much more susceptible to uh, to being mind controlled. I have a question to ask you. So the Enoch and the Metatron, like, can you tell me a little bit more or describe for the listeners how you came to believe that? It just popped into my head. Like, you know, as all this stuff happened, probably like end of October, 2016, like right before made the announcement going out, but you know, a month after I'd already been contacted by the tribe to, to start doing stuff for him. And probably two months almost after James Martinez started coming by the house every day. Um, and I felt like I believed in God when I was younger. And then I quit believing in God when I was in college, uh, just because you know, you learn about history and, and comparative religion and you're like, you know, what are the odds that all this stuff happened? Um, and so I didn't, I didn't fully believe it. And I'd always remembered like the one thing I regretted about losing my faith was that, you know, when I died, I, I wouldn't get the answer to all the secrets of the universe. Uh, cause that's like, I've always wondered like, you know, why is this? Why this? How does this work? Like, and I, I don't know why I read something that like Enoch is the keeper of the secrets of the universe. I'm like, boom, that's it. And, you know, and my last name means writer. Uh, and Enoch was supposedly God's writer. And, and like, you know, it just, it just hit me. Like I'm just this personification of something. And, and, you know, when you see Flynn and these people use the term awakening, I mean, it felt like an awakening. It was like, you know, I've lived my whole life asleep and and suddenly, boom, I'm awake and I've got to do all this stuff because the end is coming fast and I've, I got to do what God wants. Yep. So um, I don't know you. I'm not diagnosing you. Uh, I'm just wanting to respond to that and just tell you that in my world and my work, uh, people are often hypnotized and then given amnesia to the fact that they're hypnotized. So they have no recollection that something was put in their head. So it seems to be spontaneous. So I'm just 
putting it out there as a hypothesis that yes, it may have organically surfaced from your childhood, but I'm a little suspicious just because we know psychological warfare. It's hard for me to imagine that there weren't things happening that you didn't put two and two together. I don't know if you saw the vow, uh, Wes, about the Keith Raniere Nexium cult, mm-hmm. but Nancy Salzman and he were using something called NLP or neuro linguistic programming. I do remember James Martinez talked about NLP all the time, like constantly. What's different about NLP is it's more conversational, hypnotic suggestion and manipulation. And if you're trained in it, and I I was trained at it in 1980 and 81 when I, I got out of the Moonies in 76. And I was reading everything I could find on social psychology and group psychology and persuasion. But there was like a missing secret sauce. And it wasn't until a friend of mine invited me to a workshop in NLP. And I was like, I used to do that. Nobody taught it to me formally, but I used to talk in a very special way that would be very persuasive and I'm not going to do more but there's there's a whole system of modeling a person's sense of reality uh visual auditory kinesthetic olfactory gustatory and eliciting their motivational sequence eliciting uh whether they're very visual or auditory and knowing how to get inside people where they don't perceive it as somebody telling them what to do which was the old form of hypnosis was very direct suggestion and um with nlp you 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 you're taught to throw things out watch the reaction and then tweak Keep tweaking mm-hmm. till you get the person moving incrementally in the direction you want them to. You were talking, Wes, about this buzz, this feeling mm-hmm. that showed up and then left. And as I was listening, it what it made me think of was uh, Mormons, LDS members who say that they have a burning in the bosom and that proves that they're following God. And um, and for me, knowing hypnosis, this can be explained as a hypnotic kinesthetic hallucination. And hallucination comes in two forms in the, in the hypnosis field, what's called positive hallucination, making something uh, happen that isn't there or taking something that's there and making it disappear. That's negative hallucination. So for example, like a negative hallucination, someone who's a professional basketball player uh, is shooting a free throw and the fans are going like this. Uh, a good, a good uh, free throw will make it all disappear. All they see is the hoop and the ball in their mind going through the net. That's an example of negative hallucination. Positive hallucination can be seeing something that isn't there. But when people have a physical feeling, it always makes me wonder what initiated it and what made it away. And in hypnosis, this notion of triggers is very important or cues that will 
you know, it, it's a version of Pavlovian conditioning. You, you do the bell and the dog salivates. It's a version of that. And again, with, with people who are very sophisticated with NLP, they really know how to do this covertly without people understanding that it's being done to them. Sometimes it's in storytelling, for example, where you think you're listening to a story, but then all of a sudden when it's done, you're different, but you don't know how. And, you know, the yeah. level of the stuff and the subtlety of it was like, you know, I'd park my car. I would I would go meet with somebody that, you know, one of these people had set me up to meet with. And when I would come back, I would notice on the back of the stop sign next to my car that I just parked at 15 minutes earlier, there's a bumper sticker that says, trust no one. And I'm like, I know that bumper sticker was not there when I parked my car. Yeah. And it's all kinds of little things like that to just constantly get you to question, did I really just experience that? But more importantly, that when you talk about it with other people, they think this guy is completely crazy. If it hadn't happened to me, I probably would have said the same thing, you know, but I'm wanting to let you know how manipulatable our minds are. I want to mention a UK entertainer named Darren Brown. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Wes. Check him out on YouTube, but he does a lot of impermissible social psychology and hypnosis experiments on people. Um, and, uh, so he, but he says, I'm not psychic. I don't believe in God. All of these things are the power of psychology or suggestion, but he'll walk up to someone and ask for directions and walk away with their cell phone, their wallet and their house keys in a minute. And people he'll say, thank you and walk away. And a few minutes later, the person is like, what just happened to me? And that was a technique of NLP that he was using with confusion technique, anchoring, distraction, embedded commands. So all these things are understandable. Um, he'll uh, he'll. There was one with the bumper with the with the trust no one thing, kind of brought back to mind where he. Uh, knew that the person he was targeting was going to travel in a car from here to here. And he put subliminal messages. They weren't subliminal. They were actual, you know, billboards and messages that people were carrying where persons just drop riding along. They're not thinking that they're seeing these things, but then they get to the spot and they are doing and believing what he wanted them to believe, but it appears psychic and it, it's definitely not. Um, mental health professionals are not trained in this. Like in general, mental health professionals are trained to do intra-psychic exploration, family of origin, like how is your childhood? They're not trained to understand hypnosis and mind control and undue influence, which is why I did this course to say hello. And I start the course, by the way, Wes, with a, a for real ad that I found online at the Army website, recruiting people for their PSYOPs division. <laughs> Just to make it real for the public. This We're not making this stuff up, people. 
people are trained on how to manipulate minds and bodies and get people to do things that they would never agree to do. The fact that people would tell me I didn't experience something I know I experienced was maddening. I mean, you know, I, it's it's like I tell them, yes, I've been targeted by a mercenary organization. And they're like, crazy. Uh, and so you talk to therapists and you're just like, it, it, it's like your house has just been lit on fire and then the fire department shows up and they decide, nah, let's throw some gasoline on this guy, you know, instead of, instead of putting, instead of putting the fire out. So it makes you, it makes you kind of separate from reality that much more. So for our listeners, I want to just go back to MK Ultra and Russian intelligence wanting to understand mind control, American intelligence wanting to learn mind control. Uh, George Estabrooks, who talked about hypnosis being the secret power, and Milton Erickson, of which NLP is based on his work, was consulted by the CIA for MK Ultra, and so. Uh, there was a congressional subcommittee investigation in the 70s about Korean CIA infiltration to the United States. And the number two man of the Washington embassy defected with the document saying that they were planning, you know, had this plans. And my former cult was in that plan. And I, when I got out, I was consulted by the, the committee. I gave over all my internal documents to them. And I naively thought that was going to shut the cult down. It didn't. They issued their final report October 31st of 1978. November 18th of 1978, Jonestown happened. Congressman Ryan was assassinated. All these uh, th over 300 children were murdered. Um, and uh, Senator Dole invited me to come down to Washington for a hearing on cults, along with an ex-member of the People's Temple. We go down to D.C. and then we're told where th they've changed the agenda. We're off and cult, cult representatives are on. And I was like, what the F? <laughs> What's going on here? Well, they were pressuring Dole, like elect Bob Dole president, repeal the First Amendment, at which point I'm getting to the point of my story. Uh, I was like, this is this there's something really rotten here. And I literally sat down and read the 11 volumes of the entire investigation. And they interviewed the founder of the Korean CIA under oath. And he said, I quote, organized and utilized the Unification Church for use as a political tool, unquote. And what I came to understand was there had been two unsuccessful coups in South Korea. North Korea brainwashes everybody. So someone from the CIA said, we need to help them set up a Korean CIA, and we need to set up a counter indoctrination program in South Korea to handle the dissidents, and we'll use a proxy group known as the Unification Church to do this counter brainwashing. And so that was the origin of how my group came to be so powerful, et cetera. 
And how he came to the States was America was withdrawing from Vietnam and they thought, oh, let's bring the Moonies to the United States, set up uh, clubs on campuses to get people to say, no, we need to have, you know, a strong stand against communism. And that's where I got recruited in that exact moment. So from my point of view, I was a victim of a MK Ultra 2.0 or 3.0 that still continues to this day. Because if you think about January 6th, the violent coup attempt, my cult was there uh, and saying it was Antifa and the Mooney newspaper, the Washington Times was saying it was Antifa. Within a month or two, Trump, P Pence, Pompeo, Esper are speaking for the Moonies, saying what a great group they were. Excuse me? My former cult that says democracy is satanic, they want America to destroy itself. My former cult has two compounds, one's in Tennessee and one's near Waco, Texas, where they've hired vets to train people how to use AR-15s for civil war in the streets. Why? Because they don't want America to be strong. They want to destroy the dollar. <laughs> there are so many levels of infiltration and manipulation. And just quick aside, in 1974, uh, Watergate was happening and Moon said God wanted Nixon to be president and sent a whole bunch of us to the Capitol stairs to fast for three days because God wanted Nixon to be president. And the funny part of that story was that my father had supported Nixon and we used to have, you know, dinner, uh, little little conflict because I voted for McGovern. And I used to say, he's a crook, he's a crook. So anyway, I called my father from D.C. and I said, Dad, I'm fasting for Nixon to be president. And my father said, Steve, he's a crook. You are right. And I'm like, Dad, you don't understand. You know, God wants him to be president. And he said, Steve, now I know you're brainwashed. Like, the guy's a crook. Wes's interactions were largely with the I Am cult. Um, have you heard about them before or had interactions with former members? Yes. Well, my first introduction to this was uh, uh, the Claire, Pro uh, Claire Prophet Church Universal and Triumphant Cult. In fact, I was a guest on the Oprah Winfrey show in 1989 when two of her daughters, one was in and one was out, were pitted against the the critics, a former member and myself and the PR person for the cult and um, uh, a so-called cult expert who didn't believe in brainwashing. And the context was Elizabeth Claire Prophet was saying, and, and in American PSYOP, there was actually a whole thing where connecting Mike Flynn, you know, literally echoing exactly the words that Elizabeth Claire Prophet used on a particular time. In any case, she was prophesying Russia was going to nuke America and building bomb shelters and selling, you know, for outrageous amounts of money, the, uh, the so-called bomb shelters that never worked. In any case, I was on this show and there were 50 cult members in the audience and uh, staring at me. And I immediately recognized that they were trying to do something. 
but I was in the Moonies and I knew about staring because that's, you know, called eye fixation. It's a hypnotic technique. In any case, after that whole show, um, a former member who was in the audience said, you know, we were decreeing 24-7 that you should die, Steve. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we would do smash, blast, destroy, annihilate, consume Steve Hassan. And then and they would like rotate <laughs> thinking they had these mystical powers and not understanding I it had no effect on me because I know this crap. And, you know, knowledge is power to protect yourself from this stuff. In any case, uh, Joe Zimhart, a colleague of mine who is a former member of this group, is the, really the expert on, on I am. And he's been doing videos that I would recommend your listeners go to YouTube. And because he's really broken it down that it's, it's, it's a cult from the thirties. It's fascist, but these ideologies, there's so many cultish ideologies that are being perpetrated on people to suck them in to this all or nothing, good versus evil, us versus them frame. And they're being propelled as mind control soldiers, you know, to save, you know, reality. And uh, it's it's very dangerous. Yeah. So most of the cults uh, you focus tend to be top down authoritarian cults. But as far as we can tell, the I am cult operates more as a network. Um, have you seen that in other cults or organizations that you've worked on? Yeah, the, the white supremacist neo-Nazis, because they were top down and the government was infiltrating them and turning people against each other. Uh, created this leaderless resistance model that later ISIS adopted and other extremist cults where the ideology is out. They use the internet to put out messaging and videos, etc. And people interpret, you know, internalize uh, the messaging to their own experience. And for example, there was one person who went to, to, uh, to the pizza parlor in DC because they, he believed that there was a trafficking, uh, cult of Hillary Clinton in the basement. Problem was there was no basement and there was no trafficking cult, but <laughs> there was one person who showed up with a rifle and he got arrested, but he didn't come up with this on his own. He was recruited and indoctrinated to believe that this cabal, you know, the satanic cabal is existing. I want to just circle back, if I may, because I know the last episode of American PSYOP uh, had Desiree Kane sharing some of her experiences at Standing Rock. And I met Desiree Kane virtually through Dave Troy when he did the dismantling QAnon TEDx Mid-Atlantic. Um, and at, at first I was like, why is she on to talk about dismantling QAnon? And it was really the first introduction to me about how much uh, infiltration by bad actors was at Standing Rock. And then when I heard your story, everything she had shared with me just really got framed in a very powerful way. It was uh, it was like a multi-pronged thing. It, for me, that's why I couldn't make sense of it because it was kind of like, 
there were a bunch of circles overlapping in a Venn diagram. It wasn't like mm. a flow chart of people coming at me. And I don't know if people from different groups were even aware of each other. Um, but, you know, I, I did feel and I, I still feel to this day that there's a program that targets activists in the United States. Um, if you go up against a group that's really powerful or has a lot of money and the goal of that is to destroy your life uh, and for bonus, if you kill yourself. I can say is if we if you are if you care, if you're an activist, if you're willing to take risks. And I heard you say, you know, I was prepared to die to do my mission. It's like me, too. In fact, I, uh, I was I was told at one point that if North Korea invaded South Korea, all the Americans would be sent to the front line to be martyred to get America into a land war against North Korea. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so no, let's, it's, uh, let's die. It's crazy. God. The stuff they get you to they get you to want to do. Yep. It seems like the bigger or more famous people. uh that can fall under undue influences. It feels like a big get. Like in your experience, do you think famous or successful people and their children are often the targets of cults and mind control? Hundred percent. There's no, there's no question. If you have status, if you are a celebrity, if you have some special skill, and they can recruit you, they know that it's going to have a bigger impact than just you know a regular average citizen who isn't so famous or well-connected and such. So definitely. Dr. Hassan, one of the things you write about is how certain people are more susceptible to influence than others. Um, what do you, what makes some people more susceptible and others less? So the biggest susceptibility is thinking it can never happen to you, that you're too smart, you're too educated, you came from a good family. Uh, what my friend uh, and former law professor, uh, Alan Shefflin, calls the myth of the unmalleable mind. It's like, it's a comfortable illusion to think only weak people can be brainwashed or mind controlled or can have their minds hacked. But having said that, I would add that people are particularly vulnerable if they have a situational stressor, death of a loved one, illness, breakup of a marriage, graduation, loss of job, moving to a new uh, city, state or country or being at a place like Standing Rock uh, is going to make people much more susceptible um, and um there are some other vulnerabilities like high hypnotizability and maybe some folks who are high functioning on the spectrum might be more vulnerable as well uh, to the instant friendship and camaraderie and sense of, you know, immediate purpose. But what I want to say to to the audience is that it really can happen to almost anyone and if you understand what to look out for, how to reality test, you're going to be able to protect yourself from most situations. How has modern technology and social media affected undue influence? It's it's um, ramped up the mind control on an international level 
and it is now an existential threat to our survival. In the modern age, smartphones are trumping everything, no pun intended, uh, because we're with them all the time. And depending on what channels we're on and notifications, our brains can be overloaded with information such that we're not able to stop, think, reality test, and say, no, I don't agree with this. So it's a major problem. I've been doing a lot of research on this. And my research online started really in, in great force in 2015 when ISIS was recruiting a lot online. People are being met on video games or on uh, uh, matching, you know, lovemaking matching sites or whatever. And they are systematically, incrementally influencing them to go off into the dark chambers of the Internet. They're love bombed uh, online um, and um some some of them are trolls, but some of them are actual actors. So what I'm trying to convey is we're people need to understand we are uh, being subjected to psychological warfare online. Yeah. So with Wes, he didn't go through an official deprogramming, but he did manage to extract himself. Um, what are techniques that you saw in Wes's story that you think helped him achieve that? Getting away is always the first step to reality testing. In fact, I, I did a TEDx talk, How Can I Know If I've Been Brainwashed? And I opened it up with my story about the Moonies, short. And then I talk about you need to get away, like turn off the phone or stop interacting with the bad agents. And you are very good at that, of identifying someone, oops, they're bad, I'm never talking to them again. So that's the first step. I was, lousy, step I was lousy as it, at it. I, I, it took me um, a long time to do that. It, it wasn't until 2018 I, uh, when Josh and Cindy finally turned on me and I spoke to this, uh, this fellow named Mike who friends with on Twitter communicated off and on a little bit for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and he was a coder and, I'm like, you know, what kind of advice do you have? And he said, block everybody and stop paying attention. Block everybody. Yep. Yeah. So for me, the next step is learning what is brainwashing and mind control. Of course, there's the Lifton model, Singer model, Shine model. I think my bite model of authoritarian control is easier to understand. And you plug it into the influence continuum of ethical to unethical influence and the more of the B-I-T-E techniques, the more destructive it is. So learn that. Know that it's not just you, that it's happened to millions of other people. And as you correctly said, it happened to me much more extremely than it happened to you. But it, you, you, you got a firsthand, you know, uh, exposure to it. So know that it's not you, that there's this body of techniques and manipulations of behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. Next step is seek out critics and former members and hear what they have to say. Because when you're in a mind control cult, you're programmed to not trust anyone who opposes the leader, the doctrine, or the policies. 
So listen with an open mind, you're intelligent, decide what makes sense and what doesn't. And then with the knowledge of what the techniques are with the information, I recommend go back in your mind before whatever happened to you. And with that knowledge, say, if I knew then what I know now, would I do something different? <laughs> would I say something different or act differently? And if the answer is yes, then it's time to exit. Um, and, and, and I'd say if something's true, it will stand up to, to scrutiny. Uh, and if it's not true, what do you have to be afraid of by saying, whoops, I believe the wrong people or I believe the wrong media sources? I would also say that this, this technique of if I knew then what I know now, would I have done the same thing? And what always comes up is that people were lied to. People were told people were legitimate and they weren't, or they were actors or foreign government intelligence officials or whatever. So the, the, the whole idea is to go back, knowing what you know now about cults and mind control and hypnosis and NLP. And, and you want to, in a sense, exit yourself out. And it's a hypothetical, you know, what if, you know, what if when Moon said, when we take power in America, we'll amend the Constitution and make it a capital offense for people who didn't, uh, who betrayed their marriage, their arranged marriages. At the time, I said, yes, father. Imagine a Jew saying that. Yes, we'll kill people and do genocide. But for me, going back to that moment in my mind, even though I know at the in reality I said yes, uh, going back in my mind saying, you're crazy. You're like Hitler. You want to kill people because they don't agree with you? I'm out and feel myself walking out. So in that way, you're, you're using what we call neurogenesis and neuroplasticity to rewire our neurons to the way we are today without knowledge, with our center of gravity being in our body, in the here and now, with an internal locus of control, with a, a toolbox for reality testing, and with a positive future orientation. So we've gotten a lot of comments from listeners after hearing Wes's story. They're, it's scary because Wes is, as you said, and as I know, he's an intelligent, smart, kind person. Um, what are some good techniques that people can use to avoid falling down the track of undue influence? So first is realize everyone is susceptible. And I definitely recommend that you create a trust pod amongst your family and friends to reality test if something weird is happening, whether it's a website or whatever. Uh, definitely don't just go to any website or click on any links because we know that that this is uh, one of the major techniques. Definitely avoid hypnotists and people who advertise. I know NLP, I can fix everything for you. It's like, huh? Uh, I, I, I really recommend people who are trained mental health professionals who've been taught hypnotherapy, who have ethical guidelines, who always put the notion, do no harm first, always help the client and not 
what you want to do, but what they want from you. Uh, really be very selective around sources of influence, whether it's what what you listen to, what you read, where you go to. And I'd also add it's really important to hear other points of view instead of just immediately taking a black and white, all or nothing uh, position on things. Reality is complex. And anyone who has simple answers, you should be like, warning, warning, warning. And, and what's um, a good approach? Like if you're talking to a friend or a loved one um, that have fallen into a cult uh, to talk to them about this. So the worst thing to do is attack the leader, the doctrine or the policy or say uh, negative things that you're stupid or you're a moron or how could you believe this crazy crap? because that will make the person defensive. It will activate the cult identity. It's the opposite of what I recommend, which is a respectful, warm, curious, active listening approach of, hey, tell me more. You know, if, if, if there really is a conspiracy of trafficking children, I care about children, I wanna know. Show me your documentation, please. But find something that they would agree is bad, like Chinese communist brainwashing or traffickers and pimps, and use those case examples to describe what undue influence is and how pimps recruit and indoctrinate people or how the, what the Chinese government has been doing now with Uyghur Muslims and others to make them Han Chinese. And by giving the frame, then you can ask them what they think about it. You can ask them to watch a video with you and get their opinion on it and offer to reciprocate. You show me something that was persuasive and important with you. We'll watch it together. We'll discuss it. I'll share something that's important to me. We'll discuss it together. And let's let's bring people back together into conversation that's respectful and kind and empathetic. Yeah, I think it takes to get to that conversation. You have to have people like you and Wes talking about their stories, which is incredibly vulnerable and you know, as you go and process that trauma, sharing that with people, and it's it's not easy. And I think it's so brave and it helps so much to well, hear I, those stories, you know? Yeah. I want to thank you, Wes, for being public. You're a stand-up guy. You have, you know, integrity and values and you truly care about people and the planet and our climate and and indigenous rights it's you know a wonderful thing and i want to repeat i really want to encourage anyone who's listening to this who've had a first-hand experience or maybe you have a brother or a sister or a best friend that you saw go down the rabbit hole talk about it and say no i know this person he was he was uh, he was the valedictorian he was the school president and he got co-opted by this cult or the cult or qAnon or whatever because then it will normalize and it will open a pathway for conversations well that does it for this bonus episode of american psyop we hope you enjoyed listening Nice to meet you. I hope to meet you in person sometime, Wes. Nice and, meeting you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the yeah. time out of your day. Pleasure. 
American PSYOP is a Bunker Crew media production in collaboration with Midas Touch. It was edited and directed by Jack Bryan. Our producers are Stacey Scher, Marley Clements, and Jack Bryan. Executive producers are Ben Mysalis and Grant D. Simone. I'm your co-host, Emily Bix. 